Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Gentlemen, I'm coming to grips here because I knew I was being fed a load of crap at the pack. 12 media day uh it, it was at the zook nightclub it was at the zook nightclub inside of resorts world which was uh, you know the pac-12's attempt to be cool over the last uh, five or seven ten years they've had it at different production companies they've had it at paramount they've had it at universal they've had it at sony they've had it at hollywood and highland and it's like guys i, I don't know what you're, you're you're trying to be but good luck here can you at least get the Pac-12 network on a service or a provider <laughs> that the majority of the country has? It's not on DirecTV, and the majority of the country, at least sports fans, have DirecTV. Well, we were fed our last load of BS last week when the Pac-12 commissioner said, the movement is over. The movement is over. We are happy with the 10 teams we have. These 10 teams are committed to the Pac-12, at least for now. And uh, we are moving forward. We are not concerned with the Big 12. We are not concerned with the Big 10. And everyone in the room knew that that was not the case. And so it is really disheartening when the commissioner lies to the media like that. And I don't know whether he was also lying to himself. But by the end of this week, Colorado will be the next team leaving the Pac-12 to move back to the Big 12. Of course, we remember back in the heyday of Colorado when they were a good team, they were in the Big 12. Um, now that they got prime time, now they got Deion Sanders, now they're going back home to the Big 12. Well, the movement's not over, by the way, gentlemen. If, if, if you think those, those nine teams are going to be happy where they're at and they're going to welcome, um, I don't know, San Diego State, UNLV, Maybe Hawaii. I, I don't know what the Pac-12 will look like. But the Pac-12 is in this position that they are in because of the commissioners that they've had. And not just George, but Larry Scott as well. And I wanted to start there because, yes, the landscape of college sports and college football is changing. But there was a time not too long ago where the Pac-12 could have become the dominant conference. The Pac-12 could have. They were in the process of recruiting Texas and Oklahoma and effectively putting the end to the Big 12. They did not. They did not do that. And now the Big 12 and the Big 10 and all these uh, these competitive conferences are effectively putting an end to the Pac-12. I'm going to begin there. And Grant, I'll go to you first. Um, listen, I'm not surprised. When USC and UCLA left, I really knew that that was the beginning of the end 
for the Pac-12. And I also knew that that was not the end of other conferences poaching potential teams. And that was Colorado will be next. And that's not it. I think more teams are going to be leaving the Pac-12. But yeah, I mean, if you look at if you look at the landscaping, mean, I said this. I think it was last week, or it might have been the week before, where we're, we're moving closer and closer to that that kind of NFL style type of NBA style, I guess you could say, type of system where you just want to have two conferences, or at, you know, not just two, but but uh, the, the least amount of conferences as possible. And when you get somebody like. Deion Sanders at Colorado, you're going to want to put him on national television. You're going to you're going to want to put him up against some of these bigger schools in the Big Twelve, and you're going to want to have him face USC and UCLA all the time. And they're moving along just like Colorado wants to. And then you know, if you're Colorado, you're you're trying to be big time again. You're trying to make this push to be one of the premier programs. And you know, you bring in a team like San Diego State or Hawaii or UNLV or whoever it may be. That's not going to up your your value in terms of that conference. And I think that that's what we're seeing here is teams are, are starting to notice, like, hey, we want to be big time too. The Pac-12 is not going to be that big time much longer. We have to see what's best for our program. And I know that you know a lot of people want that small community feel and these regional conferences to be you know still around like the WAC, the MAC, you know, all these smaller conferences. But teams that are going all in to be one of these the next big program or get these high-end names they want to move on too so you know it's it sucks that the the commissioner lies like that because we all know that other teams are going to move on we all know that you know eventually maybe the pac-12 goes away i hope not because you know i you know i grew up with a pac-10 and i grew up you know i i followed the pac-12 for so long you don't like to see that community and regional feel go away but grant grant the pac 10, the Pac-8, the Pac-12, as we knew it and as we loved it, like it's died. Like it, yeah. it's dead. Like when USC and US, when USC and UCLA left, that was the end of the Pac-12, at least as we knew it. So what the heck it looks like in the future, it don't really matter to me because it, it's not really the Pac-12 or the Pac-10 or the Pac-8. Again, it's been the Pac for a while. And in the not-too-distant future, it may be the, the Pac-8. But what are those eight teams? And if those eight teams don't include significant uh, you know, championship-contending teams, like a USC, like a UCLA, like a Colorado perhaps, like I, I, I don't know what, what it looks like. This, listen, if you, if you care about conferences, this is a sad day. But as you mentioned, Grant, the conferences, uh, the names don't even matter. The Big Ten, the Big Ten will be the, the Big 20, right? right, right. So, uh, the, these names don't matter. This is the movement towards college sports becoming professional sports. I've never seen a show start off so energetic and heated, Mr. Marcazzi. You came out with the energy, and because of that, this will be the first time on the show that I would like to sing. na 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 <laughs> Na 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 na. Hey, goodbye. I'm referring to the Pac 12. I hinted at it last week. I understand there's some Trojans alumni in the building hosting the show, having the show. But when I made the blurb about the impact of the Pac 12 and not really having one, it wasn't just about USC and UCLA or Oregon, it was the conference as a whole. And as we move into this world where it's now Amazon is the SEC. And the Big Ten is Google. You're either with us or you don't matter. We're the we're the AAA 
top affiliates to, to streamline these, be the pipeline for people to go into the NFL. And that's just the world that we live in. So when you guys are sitting here talking to me about uh, uh, the the packs, is it going to be the pack six? Is it going to be the pack eight? It's going to be like, no, it's going to be the pack going bye-bye because some of these, as the ACC is kind of in the same boat on the other side of the country, like at least they've kind of handled some of the, the TV contracts and kind of utilizing, well, what do we have? We have Miami and some of the, and Clemson and football that we could try to make the most of, even though Miami hasn't been that successful. We got the blue collar US, uh, UNC and Duke and stuff on the, on the basketball side. And they've at least they're hanging on by a thread. The pack 12, the pack, whatever, they don't have any of this stuff together. So if you don't have the infrastructure ready, you're not really ready to go to bat. Because now, if I'm the athletic director at Washington, Washington State, all these other teams looking at my commissioner, like it, things aren't aligned to even have that faith to stay and try to stick it through. So to be honest, I asked this question to Steve yesterday, and I said, well, what's the Mountain West going to look like in five years? What's the Pac-12 going to look like in five years? And the reason I'm asking that is because I don't think they're going to exist yeah, and I and I don't know what they look like, right? I mean, I, I I don't even know if we're being truthful if these commissioners know. I mean, the day USC and UCLA left, I was texting with Tarwani Bucket saying, like, is this real life? Like, USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten? Like, as someone who graduated from a Big Ten school, your thoughts on this, Armani Buckets? Yeah, it's a crazy world we live in right now. I um, am definitely a college sports casual. Um, so all this is, yeah, self-admittedly, okay. I, I'm not a big consumer of college sports. But for someone who is, you know, a casual consumer, it's it's crazy to see that this is the world we live in because – the thing that drew me to college sports was the conferences, was the rivalries, was those things. And now that those are gone, people like myself, I don't know how involved or interested I might be in these things. Um, with that being said, I had a specific question regarding the University of Oregon, because as a casual observer of college football, they've been kind of a premier team for me um, that I always think is going to be solid or very good. Do we know where they're headed yet, or is that still to be determined? I think the Ducks make the most sense to go to the Big Ten. And I said this at the time, when USC and UCLA joined the Big Ten, my view was you you need at least two other teams out on the Pacific Coast. I mean, you need at least two other teams on the West Coast, just travel-wise. Again, it doesn't make things the same. I mean, the and again, I'm not worried about football. Football will... will fly on a private uh, plane and they'll be fed well and they'll stay at a nice hotel. I'm more worried about all the other um, you know, teams and sports that have to travel now to Ohio State and Penn State and Northwestern. And I mean, like, like that, that's tough. So if they can help them and really help the conference, of course, as well, by having two more teams on the West Coast, what does that look like? Washington, Seattle, that's a big market. The Ducks and Oregon connection to Phil Knight and Nike. I, I, I think those two make the most sense. And if you want to expand it and really put a, the, the death nail, um, you know, to the Pac-12, I mean, like open it up. Stanford, Cal, why not? I will say one thing um, that for people worried, like if there's a rivalry that is so huge, the teams and schools will figure it out because yeah. money talks. So, mm -hmm. for instance, like – 
if Ohio State somehow ended up in whatever conference, like they'd still make it. They'll find a way so that Ohio State can go against Michigan and things like that. So some of these bigger rivalries, no matter if, for example, Washington goes to the Big 12, Washington State decides to join the whatever, the Mountain West, whatever the case, however the dominoes are going to fall, if teams start going separate conferences, if it's a big enough rivalry and if it's meaningful enough, they'll make sure to put a home and home in the schedule and always have that be the one non-conference game that's always on the sketch. Now, I don't know why I said sketch. I'm sorry. I I like it. I I actually liked it. Hanging out with LA people, talking to them every day. I'm going to use that. Sorry, Armand. Go ahead. When are these next few teams going to make their decisions? Is this imminent or is this more? I think think it'll be the drip drip. I think we're just going to be like hearing about this. Again, a lot of these won't take into effect (laughs) until next year. USC next year, UCLA next year, Colorado next year. Uh, I, I think we're just going to be – no one wants to be the last uh, person on the, the Titanic, right? Or the person yeah. who's like, where is, where is the ship for me? Uh, the movie so, sucked. Yeah. By the way, it took me forever to see it. I, I only taught, saw it a few years ago. Um, what? Yeah. I, I was so like, – I don't know why I was against it, but I'd be like everyone back in the day. Like, so the movie came out when I was in high school, and everyone was going to the movie – uh, to see it, and I'm like, I don't, I don't. Was there an intermission? It. Because like I know it was hella long. It's long. Well, you, didn't, no. you didn't go see it. You didn't go see it. I didn't go see it. That wrong person. Ross uh, was I, too busy grinding. That's that's all. That's grinding. all you gotta say. And congratulations, we have our official first piece of merch that the show specifically is gonna have. Um, at the front, it's gonna say drip 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 drip. <laughs> so shout out to you. And then in the back, it's gonna say put us on your sketch to listen to us. So there it is. Like so congratulations. It's a big moment that just happened. But by the way, to your point, USC and Notre Dame announced that they will continue, obviously, their um, home and home. Uh, so, you know, that won't change. USC and UCLA playing in the same conference, that home and home will not change. So, yeah, to your point, the, the big rivalries, if, 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 if your school has played a specific team for the past you know, 50, 100 years. I mean, that's going to continue. Um, what it is, though, I mean, th- this is sort of the end of the line for the Pac-12 because of their, a lot of mistakes that they've made. But really, like, the biggest one was the Pac-12 network. I mean, it is inexcusable that you could have the uh, teams that you have. And again, at the top of the list is USC and UCLA. And you can't get them on TV. You can't get them on direct TV. Do you know how many garbage channels are on direct TV? You can't figure that out. That's on the Pac-12. I'm sorry. I agree. And, I, I and, mean, it, with, with streaming, like with all the streaming decisions and it, like we have actors on strike, writers on strike, but USC and UCLA need to be on TV for everybody, especially in the local communities. Like, this, this, it's just ridiculous to me how you can't get a channel. Even like NFL Network and MLB Network, they have problems too. I just don't understand that whole debacle. So you, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it really um, it is where college sports is going, though. And 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 I've often said this about professional sports, like. Do we really care about the divisions? Like, it's really about, like, can you win the conference or can you win the league? Like, like no, I mean, no offense, Grant, but, you know, the Pacific Division banner. I mean, no, no, no one's saying about a Pacific Division. They NFL, may, though. I, NFL, but, like, they do. 
to a certain extent, but like who's like doing a party for a division? I mean, you're right. Well, I mean, I've always thought divisions are. And the but, reason that I say that is at the end of the day, it's all about what conference are you in to get you into this college football playoff? What conference are you in to give you the best ability to win a championship? So, I mean, I, I don't care. I guess my, my bigger thing is I really don't care what they call the conference because the Big Ten hasn't been the Big Ten in forever, guys. I mean, they haven't had 10 teams in forever. Uh, we're, we're, we're just calling it the Big Ten because we have, but it's, that's changed. The Pac-12 has changed. College sports is changing. Yeah, but the one thing, like, to your point, though, like, college football isn't – college football didn't get as popular as it does because every school in the country thinks that it's going to win a national championship. So some of these smaller stakes is why they go crazy because they can't get involved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I'm a Fresno State fan, if I'm a Toledo fan, you know, I'm not going into the season like, oh, we can run the table and, and make yeah. it to the national championship. It is some of the smaller scale that people get so invested in. So yeah. – to disrupt that and to change that is, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a big thing. I mean, even like obviously NIL, and this is a whole different discussion like that turned off some fans on like, this isn't why we like, or why we're so crazy about college sports or college football specifically. So the, there will be ripple effects and will these people that are so invested in their schools and spend time and go crazy. Like, will they still do it now that things have completely changed? When you take away our conference championship, like this is what we live for. We want to win the Mac title. We want to, we want to win the mountain West. If that doesn't exist, that'll definitely change the dynamics. And that plays a huge part into what makes college football, college football. We're not all Alabama, Ohio state, USC, yeah. Texas fans. Like there's, there's, there's other people. Yeah. I mean, I, I, have to admit, just maybe this is just me being a USC fan. I, I hate the conference championship game because if there wasn't a <laughs> if, there, if there if there wasn't a Pac-12 championship game, USC would have been in the college football playoffs. Exactly, would have gotten hurt. But listen, um, I have no problem with with where we're going, and it's not just the conference realignment; it's with players being paid. This, when you look at the most popular sports in this country, the billion-dollar sports. The, you know, it's professional football one, but college football really at this point is not even close, is right behind it. College football is the second most popular sport in this country. When you look at the TV deals that these conferences have signed, that is the proof right there in terms of the popularity of the sport. And college hoops, again, it's, you know, they're in the conversation as well. When you look at the TV deal for the tournament for March Madness, billion dollar. Like, like when you talk about B, when you get into the B, when it, when it's not like a hundred million dollars or two hundred fifty million, when when CBS is paying a billion dollars to have the rights for March Madness, and like everyone in the country, and even if they're not sports fans, is filling out a bracket, that speaks to the popularity of the sport. And if that's the case. These, these kids should get paid, right? No, 100%. I just think that the, the March Madness is a different, like, it's an excuse for people to party. So it's not necessarily. <laughs> well, it's like the World that's Cup. Sports. It's like the World Cup. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is, is that, like, no one's watching uh, Duke versus Virginia on a Tuesday in November like that. Um, they but are, everyone's, they're everyone's going to be watching it first week. Yeah. <laughs> they're not watching. Well, now Vegas has sort of become like this place where a lot of these big uh, schools come to. I mean, that's 
that's it really depends on where you live right it is called college base sorry college basketball that is a regional sport during the regular season you go to the carolinas i mean there's no other bigger sport than college basketball you go to duke you go to unc um that is the biggest sport there but when your sport takes over the country and it's the most popular sport for multiple weeks and the fascinating thing about march madness and this will be the last thing before we go to break it is the only professional or college sport where the first weekend of the postseason is the most exciting weekend. In no other mm-hmm. league is the wild card series or the first round series or whatever. That first weekend of March Madness, when you fill out your bracket and you're in Vegas, you're somewhere else, and you're watching those games on TV, and you got, you know, I don't know how many games going on at the same time. I mean, that is the best, one of the best sports weekends. And I've said it often. That weekend in Vegas is my favorite weekend in Vegas. And so in no other sport is the first round the most exciting. And then progressively, you know, you get to the final four. All right. Shout out to Circa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, The best place to go watch March Madness. All right. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, big fight weekend here in Las Vegas. We'll be joined by our good friend Steve Karp, who's going to be covering Spence Crawford. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090s of the California the Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game or an event or fight, in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. Joining us from T-Mobile Arena, where everything will be happening tomorrow night in Las Vegas, it is the Sporting Tribune's Steve Carp. Steve, how are you doing? Hot. Very ah. hot. That's but I'll, I'll tell you what, guys. <laughs> After watching the Raiders practice on Wednesday in the heat, it was like 103 at 9 in the morning in Henderson. I'm very fine being here at T-Mobile Arena. Hey, Adrian, I was worried about our, our guy Carpy there. I said, make sure you're hydrated. Make sure you're drinking water. We don't, need, we don't need the Sporting Tribune as much as we love publicity and attention. We don't need the news reports saying the Sporting Tribune and three-time Hall of Fame journalist Steve Carp. Had to be carried off on a stretcher or something. So, Carp is good. I was ready. Yeah, but I you know my what floppy about hat, Steve? my sunscreen, my water. <laughs> you know, the Raiders do something really smart, guys. They they not only take a water break during practice, they take a cooling break. Ah. They have a room set up adjacent to the field where the players can go in and cool off. And and get their body their core body temperature dropped significantly, because you know when you're out there they weren't even in full pads the other day, they were just in helmets and shorts. It's still hot, guys. 
Yeah. And, and for them to be able to, just for five or ten minutes, just hang out in that cooling area, that cooling room, I'll tell you what, that that's very smart. And, of course, you know, I think we all realize how important that individual athletes and teams, they take care of themselves in this uh, hot weather. No doubt about it. All right, we, we do want to talk about the big fight, Spence Crawford. Uh, the, those who cover the fight game say it is, without question, the biggest fight of the year. But really, I mean, perhaps you got to go back to Fury Wilder, you know, pre-pandemic, uh, for the biggest boxing match we've seen here in maybe three, four, five years. Carpe, uh, your, your thoughts on this fight? Well, I'm glad they made it, first of all. And it took the two fighters themselves to make this happen. You know, there, it wasn't like promoters got in the middle of it and they dickered back and forth like they did with the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, which was years too late, in my opinion, to be made. You know, Spence is in his prime. Crawford at 35 is still in his prime. And I think for him, this is an important fight for his legacy. Kind of like when Mayweather fought Canelo. You know, when Canelo was an up-and-coming rising star and it was undefeated and everybody was saying he was boxing's next big thing. And, of course, Floyd took care of him rather easily and handled him. I'm not saying that's going to be the case Saturday. What I am saying, though, is if we're going to have a major fight like this, better when the two combatants are, are sort of in their prime. Yeah. Hey, well, Steve, I have to ask you a selfish question, okay? Um, I'm very excited. You know, tomorrow night will be my first time covering a boxing event. Uh, I have no interest in covering UFC events, and everyone knows I'm at the WWE event. So this is a this is a different <laughs> thing. This is a Las Vegas yeah. fight capital of the world, big money fight, two Americans battling for that number one ranking. It really can't get any bigger. So I just have to ask you, like, what do I like? Uh, I, I need some tips. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be <laughs> out there during the headlight. Thank God uh, uh, my uncles are going to be there, you know, kind of walking me through everything. But I need some tips on how to make sure I bring the best coverage possible to not only this show, but the Sporting Tribune. Well, for starters, don't expect a lot of help from Crawford. He's not <laughs> media friendly. <laughs> so understand that going in. You're not going to get him to open up to you about growing up in Omaha, Nebraska. That's not happening. So if you're looking for that kind of human interest stuff, go talk to Errol Spence. He's more likely to be engaging rather than Crawford. Okay. And, and remember, Crawford isn't worried about hyping his fights. He's worried about winning his fights. The guy's 30, was he, 38, 39, and 0, okay? He doesn't care if people watch or don't watch. He just wants to win and keep winning, stay undefeated, cement his legacy as one of the great welterweights of his era. And if a win tomorrow happens, especially if he manages to knock out Spence, I'll tell you what, Terrence Crawford's going to be in that conversation with guys like Mayweather and, and Sugar Ray Leonard and and Hearns and some of the other, you know, Durant, some of the other great welterweights, um, Pacquiao, he's that good. He has always been good. And 
as he's gotten older, he's not ducked anybody. And I think that's the important thing about this fight. If you're looking for a storyline, neither of these guys duck anyone. They want to fight the best fighters. And I think we're going to see that. I think this is going to be a really good fight. I mean, I'm expecting Spence to come out firing. I'm expecting Crawford to take whatever he throws at him, adjust, and then he goes on the attack. It's going to be a lot of ebb and flow in this fight. Steve, you were very specific there, but this young man is covering his very first big-time boxing match in Las Vegas. And Adrian, I think you know this. You know the legend that is Steve Carp. You walk into Piero's, they have his old newspaper clippings up on the wall. Steve, you were there for Tyson Holyfield. You were there the night Tupac got shot. What can Adrian Hernandez expect? What, what words of wisdom can you give him? This is his first fight, and I told you this before. When I dreamed about covering sports in Las Vegas, that was back when Caesars had the fights outside on the tennis courts. That was my dream. One day that I would get to cover big-time boxing, that's why these fights are always my favorite. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, first fight night for our good friend here. What right. words of wisdom can you give him? Well, for starters, be aware there's going to be a lot of celebrities. <laughs> and I think for Adrian, this is a big thing to see who shows up to watch this fight. So there'll be people from Hollywood, from music, from sports. Um, I think, you know, someone like LeBron James normally would be here, but in the wake of his son's incident at USC Monday, I don't think LeBron makes an appearance, but there'll be guys like maybe like Kevin Durant or, mm -hmm. you know, some other NBA stars, some NFL people. I'm sure some of the Raiders players will probably be in attendance. I don't know if Garoppolo will be one of them. We'll talk about him in a second. But I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, these big fights are, are more than just the fight itself. The atmosphere, uh, enjoy the you know, just everything that goes with it. As we get closer to fight time, you'll enjoy the walk-ins, the walkouts from the two fighters, the music, the entourages, all the, all the things that kind of make these big fights special. And of course, yeah, I think Jimmy Lennon Jr. is doing the ring announcing, and he's he's a legend as well. Of course, we all know his dad from L.A. and and stuff. That that goes back to when I was a kid. And he was doing oh, boxing God. and wrestling at the Olympic Auditorium in, in L.A. Hey, Rosh, did you ever go to the Olympic Auditorium, by the way? No, you know what? I, I, I heard stories about it. I've driven past it. I know the history and what it means. Uh, certainly where I grew up, uh, you know, I mean, I, I went to a lot of fights at the Forum, the Los Angeles Sports Arena, who, which is no longer there. But sadly, the Olympic Auditorium I did not go to. Me neither. And I wish I had because... As a kid growing up in Brooklyn, we used to watch wrestling from the Olympic yeah. Auditorium on the Spanish station in New Jersey on the oh, UHF you Channel it. 47 <laughs> love it. in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And it was amazing, you know. And I know Adrian's a big wrestling guy. By the yeah. way, Adrian, no one's coming off the top rope in this fight and delivering. I'm going to get you know, used to uh, that. No steel chairs. Uh, no a body kid. part might be bitten. I understand. I don't, and by the way, no <laughs> managers get involved. Okay? So if you're looking for a manager to pull a fast one, not happening. And, and it's Steve, let WWE me say this. It's a WWE thing. Not well, Steve, boxing. Let, 
let me say this real quick because none of us have been to that auditorium on Saturday night. We're all going to the moon. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. And just to let people know, even outside of the show here, of course, we'll recap it. But you can look at our coverage, Sporting Tribune, uh, at the Sporting Trib uh, throughout yeah. social media, at the SportingTribune.com. Of course, we're going to be writing about it. I'll be there making sure we get some video coverage too. So we'll right. be tapped in. If you need to cover this fight, if you can't make it, if you know, if you don't have the money to buy the pay-per-view, don't worry. We're here for you to help you through. So just a heads up for everybody. Yeah, and, and again, the pay-per-view's uh, probably pretty pricey. Uh, if I were a boxing fan, though, I would probably purchase it for the yeah. main event. I'm not sure the undercard is all that great. It's okay, but for the main event, and I'm a real big boxing fan, and, and I'm really partial to one of or both of these guys, I'm probably buying this one because I think it will deliver. Unlike uh, Tank Davis and, and Garcia, which was billed as the fight of the year back in April and turned out to be a really one-sided fight. So, you know, there's always a buyer beware thing when you buy a pay-per-view in boxing because you just, you never know what's going to really happen or what you're going to get from it. But I think this one might be okay. To purchase. Yeah, Steve, before we talk about uh, training camp and the Raiders, now that the dust has settled really on what the Vegas Golden Knights have done for the most part, um, do you do you like the group that they're bringing back? Again, great of Riley Smith to still have his uh, charity softball tournament. We're going to miss him in Las Vegas. But um, your thoughts on the way the, the Vegas Golden Knights handled things? I thought they did a great job. The guys they needed to keep, they kept, which was Ivan Barbashev and Brett Howden and Pavel Dorofeyev, the guys who were going to be counted on to contribute. And, yeah, it took moving Riley Smith to Pittsburgh to create enough cap space to sign um, Barbashev, but I think they're in good shape. Bringing Aiden Hill back, I think, is very sharp and smart. They probably overpaid for him but it's only going to be for two years. And essentially this comes down to whether Robin Leonard ever plays for the Golden Knights again. If he stays on long-term injured reserve, basically he gets paid, but he doesn't count against the cap and Aiden Hill gets his money. If they can move off from him or if he decides to retire, then it really worked out well for the Golden Knights. But uh, I think that'll be the big question uh, when we go to training camp in September, Robin Leonard's status and, and just where does he fit in with this team going forward? Steve, you're getting me excited. I, I <laughs> damn near, damn near hot and bothered, my man, because you're a Hall of Famer, and this is the reason why we went from boxing, we touched on hockey, and now let's go into Raiders training camp. Of course, you were there day one. Uh, you you'll be there for the entire season, and the latest that we have. Uh, we'll start out with Josh Jacobs um, really quick. The latest report is that there might be an offer floating around for around $12 million, which is one more, uh, $1 million more dollars than Saquon got, I believe. I think he got the one-year $11 million right. deal. And, of course, the, the uh, what am I trying to say, the... $10.1 million. What is that called? The franchise, the franchise tag. tag yeah. The franchise tag would be $10.1 million. They're saying there's reports that there's a deal that the Raiders offered Josh Jacobs $12 mil. So with the latest, uh, what's your reaction to all this? Well, if that's the case, he should take it. 
because he wouldn't get significantly more anyway, uh, even if he had been able to get a long-term deal. I mean, he's just a victim of the position being downgraded by the NFL. You know, right now, receivers are the hot commodity on offense and to a lesser extent tight ends, and he's neither. So while he can catch the ball out of the backfield, and I'm sure he'll be an inviting target for Jimmy Garoppolo, the fact remains that even though we led the NFL in rushing, it, it's not 1965, it's not Jim Brown, okay? And he even didn't get paid like he should have because he was arguably the best running back of all time. Certainly back then he was. But that being said, they could only do a one-year deal for him. So if Josh Jacobs is smart and if Dave Ziegler is offering him $12 million, however the money comes out, bonuses, incentives, whatever, take this money, get here, get yourself ready to play, and be part of an offense which has the potential to be pretty good. And obviously the caveat there really? is number 10. Oh, yeah. Uh, Are you kidding me? What do you mean? You know, Garoppolo... <laughs> If he's healthy and can stay healthy, he can move that team up and down the field and score points. They it's got been weapons. four years. It's been like, when's the last time he was fully healthy or close to it? Well, this is what I wrote the other day. That's the huge question mark. He hasn't stayed healthy in years. Yeah. <laughs> now, he can, he can have something freaky happen to him. You know, a non-contact injury and, and be done. You know, you just never know. But what I'm saying is, as of Wednesday, when he practiced for the first time, he looked fine. He was moving. There was no limp. He was moving around. He took part in all the drills. And I know Josh McDaniels kind of wants to baby him. I'm not sure how much of the offense he knows at this point. I would think he probably knows it pretty well. Maybe it's just the, the language and terminology he's got to get down. But this is the guy who helped mold him into a pro quarterback when they were both in, in New England with the Patriots. I think that Garoppolo is going to help the Raiders. And, and you know when you look at the receiving core, and the offensive line has got some depth. And they, brought Mike, they, they drafted Michael Meyer the tight end from Notre Dame in the second round, who looked pretty good yesterday, uh, on Wednesday, by the way. I, I think the Raiders offensively can compete with uh, the Chargers and the Chiefs. Well, and, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. A, and, Steve, first off, it's very hard to get into an argument with somebody who responds by saying, well, what I wrote on, because I have no retort to someone actually writing a column, but is it fair <laughs> to say uh, this – only pending if Russell Wilson's downslide continues, even with Sean Payton. Whether Jimmy plays fully or gets hurt and only plays partially, the Raiders, as it stands right now, have the fourth best quarterback in the division. True or false? Um, as of today, yes. But they don't play till September 10th. And Fair ironically, enough. ironically, enough. Guess who they play on September 10th? Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Ah, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. what happens. You know, that's a long ways away, guys. 
So let's see what happens. You know, um, <laughs> Justin Herbert got a, a huge extension from the Chargers. You know, Mahomes is Mahomes, obviously. The Chiefs still are the best team in the division. But I, I as I wrote, the defense is going to decide whether the Raiders are good or not. If they improve or if they slip. They've got to get better defensively. they got to make plays. they got to stop drives. they got to give the offense the ball with decent field position so they can do something with it, not settle for field goals. So, you know, Adrian, I, I admire your passion for the silver and black, but I got to tell you, from an objective standpoint, I think that this is going to work out for the Raiders having Garoppolo instead of Derek Carr. I, just, Steve, I, yeah. I already know that he and McDaniels already on the same page, which is something, by the way, Derek Carr never did last season, which is why he he's just gone. threw a lot of interceptions. You're right. Yes, sir. Yeah. I agree with you on that, Steve. Yeah, we, we – uh, listen, we only have six, 60 seconds left, so I really, really quick, uh, Steve. Uh, Jimmy G, and you were in the press conference. I don't know whether – I mean, how he worded this, but he, he said he loves Las Vegas. The, the people here are nice. Maybe they are nicer than they were in San Francisco. To your point, Steve, I think that if Jimmy G leads them to, to the playoffs – and by the way, we're talking about a guy who led the 49ers to the Super Bowl, were, was one play away from leading them back to the Super Bowl – if he at least has a good season, Jimmy G, the heartthrob that is Jimmy G, I mean, he will be Mr. Las Vegas. I mean, forget Wayne Newton. Adrian, I'm telling you, Jimmy G, I mean, are you kidding me? This guy, I mean, listen, I, he's we gotta got to go. Moxie. We got to oh, go. No, no, listen, I got to say this, and you're going to be out there at practice. You, you'll be at some games, I'm, 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 I'm hoping, because if you're, in, if you're in the presence of Jimmy G, there's something about him. There's something yeah, he's about sexy him. as hell. I understand. I get it. He's beautiful. I get it. I understand. <laughs> he's a beautiful you know man. What? He's happy yeah. to be here. Yes. He's he's very quickly assimilated into the city's culture. We saw yeah. the Golden Knights playoff games. Steve, he is the new, he's, he's the new Mr. Las Vegas, and we're going to have you back on because you are the voice of Las Vegas sports, three-time <laughs> Hall of Famer Steve Cobb. All right, that's, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again next week. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.